Blitz is defined as a sudden, savage attack. It is indeed all this. The effect is sure. The premise is simple. It's a basic, primal confrontation. Man to man. No excuses are offered. None accepted. Welcome to the latest edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Looks like a radio station. Now, here are your hosts. Lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. Pure athlete yet. I transcend race, hombre. Matt Butler. I don't talk man. I back it up. And we are sock full of that, man. Go right! And Jeff Howe. It's still real to me, damn it! And that's the bottom line. Cause Stone Cold said so. If you're gonna blitz, come strong, but don't come at all. The offseason rolls on with another edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns 24-7. I am Jeff Howe. Thank you guys so much for listening. Let me bring in the rest of the team. He is the master of the soundboard, the drop machine extraordinaire, Matt Butler. Matt, how are you, sir? Doing pretty well. How about yourself? I am wonderful. Uh, a man who is always wonderful regardless of what he's doing because he's a renaissance man here on Longhorn Blitz. The renaissance man at 104.9 The Horn, dare I say. You get him each and every weekday on the broadcast from 1 to 3. Lifetime Longhorn, 2002 UT All-American, 2002 semifinalist for the Jim Thorpe Award, fourth-round draft choice of the New York Giants back in 2003. Spent his NFL career with the Giants, Lions, Bears, Bucks, Broncos, and a year with the Hamilton Tiger Cats of the CFL. When he was done with football, got himself back to Austin, Texas, in the 40 acres where he earned his degree Whenever that teetering comes in and it is on the way, he will wear it proudly. We'll make sure that he does. Nevertheless, he's a card-carrying member of DBU, number 21 in your program, number one in your hearts, Mr. Rod Babers. Thanks for the intro, brother. Rod, I need to get with you and Ahmad Brooks because you guys have got to create like the DBU black card. Uh, well, like around. an actual membership card for yeah. the DBU. I think what now they're doing like apparel though. I think they have like DBU. Somebody's like, doing hats. DBU hats out there. Yeah. I want to say probably I don't know if Huff Dash behind it. I don't know who's behind it, but somebody on the Forty Acres. That, Whoever's that doing the now. DBU hats, can we get Rod a DBU hat, yeah. please? I'm gonna go over there. I gotta go over there and grab me a DBU hat. But yeah, can I mean, please get there, Rod a DBU they're over there hat. representing. And you know what? The stats back it up that Texas can actually claim DBU. But I always say that it's like a World Championship heavyweight heavyweight title belt. It changes hands, all right, every now and then. Ohio State will get it or, I don't know, Florida State will get it or, you know, LSU will get it or whatever. But Texas is one of those schools, no question. If you give Rod a DBU hat, he will wear the hat because, Rod, Rod oh, you're, yeah. you're a hat man. I'm a hat man, dude. I love hats. Rarely do you, people see me without a hat and they look at me weird. They always give me a double take. Like, what? Why are you not having I saw a hat Chad on? Hastings look at you weird the other day when you yeah, had a hat on. Yeah, I have hair. I, you know, I'm not covering anything and up. Chad's somebody you see every day. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I just wear my, wear my hats a lot. Yeah, you're a hat man. Yes. Hey, so random good. question before we get going here on the show. And, and I'll tell you what, I've rarely been in love with my wife as much as I was when she made this comment. <laughs> we were watching the <laughs> NFC Championship game on Sunday, and I just I don't know why it hit me, but I'm like, you know, how come coaches don't wear fedoras anymore? Like, you don't see coaches rocking the fedora. Yeah, they don't wear hats And anymore. my wife, no research, no computer in front of her, no research, said, didn't Tom Landry wear a fedora? Mm-hmm. That's how you know you got the right one. More confirmation yes. that she is the right one. But if, you know, if, the, if carrying your child for nine months wasn't yes. enough, <laughs> it's like the great, like Vince Lombardi wore a fedora, Bear Bryant wore a fedora. I agree. Tom well, why, listen, those guys also a lot of those guys wore suits too. Well, you, you know, know I mean? like, the, here's the, the suit thing. The last, who's the last coach to wear a suit? I want to say it was like remember they coach uh, Mike like Nolan, Nolan and Jack Del Rio. For, yeah, Forty Niners did it. Yeah, uh, but you know why they can't wear suits though? Why? It's a violation. It's a violation because of Nike's apparel agreement with the NFL. You gotta have. You gotta wear the uh, the team issued Nike gear. Oh Nike! Oh My really? God. No. So Nike make them a suit. Nike exactly. Like <laughs> Nike can't make suits. Get get some of those. Oh, those some of those worker bees to make some make a suit. Yeah. Hey, is that simple? Because I want. I don't nice think it was suit. Nike. I think it was Reebok at the time was the NFL's apparel dealer. And Mike Nolan was told like, you know, hey, if you wear a suit, you're gonna get a fine. <laughs> and he was doing it as a tribute to his dad. He's like, well, you guys can find me. I don't really care. Yeah, why don't they just take the fine? The fine can't be that significant. I mean, you're I a head coach. You're making was. millions of dollars. Yeah, I'd, I'd be wear lying a damn suit. You, you know what? I want to see more suits and more fedoras. They need to go to a, a haberdashery. Also, another word That's we don't another, enough. Add that uh, to the resolutions yeah. we're making here on nah. the Blitz this year. We want more fedoras and more suits on the sideline. Yeah. High school coaches, if you're listening, Hank Carter down the road at Lake Travis. Just wear a hat. Dodge. Start off with the hat Fedora suit. Like a, like a nice hat. I don't I, know. Todd Dodge, Todd Dodge and Hank Carter don't strike me as fedora guys. I like when that's why I love when like Bum uh, Bum Phillips would wear like the cowboy, cowboy hat. hat yeah. Jerry cowboy Glanville, is, yeah. remember old Jerry the Glanville? Cowboy hat on the sideline, even with the, the apparel that you got to wear, is clean. That's pimp. 
Um, so just do the cowboy hat on the sideline. I think think about you. Think about it. I think you would get more ref. I think you would get more calls. All right, if you were disputing with refs and arguing with refs with a cowboy hat on, than you would like there would right now because they they demand more respect. A cowboy See, hat demands respect. Randy Certainly. Allen at Highland Park wears a fedora. He does it as a tribute to Tom Landry. You know what? I, I'm with you. I think we should. See more of it, damn it. And so only certain Random coaches rant, can get like away it. with the cowboy hat, though, because, like, if, say, Bum's son Wade was wearing a cowboy hat on the sideline, he would just look goofy. See, I'm one of those people that thinks everybody looks better in a cowboy hat. Like, I, I, I got one for Christmas. I think everybody looks good in a cowboy hat. I think that's what the beauty of a cowboy hat. If you put it on and you ser- – now, if you're not trying to be goofy, if you seriously mm. wear it, yeah. you, everybody can pull off a cowboy hat. You can. Even Jeff, Jeff you can pull off a cowboy hat right now, and people are like, damn. Oh, yeah. Jeff looks. Jeff looks. Fuck. He, he's changed his whole look, man. He looks freaking pimp. I think you can do it. You think I think so? you can. I think you can pull off. Yeah, I can pull off, dude. If I can pull off a cowboy hat <laughs> and look like an urban cowboy, you can do it too. Uh, White people have an advantage in that. Matt, moment. you bring up Wade. <laughs> you bring up Wade Phillips, who by the way has the best Twitter handle out there in the Twitterverse at Son of Bum. Yes. Oh, that's, that's pretty good. Complacent yeah. teddy bear. Uh, but Rod, we're talking about DBU, and it's worth bringing up. We talked a lot about the secondary last week on the show, but uh, it's worth bringing up this week because at twenty four seven Sports, we had our five star release on Tuesday. Uh, the rest of the top two forty seven uh, will come out on Wednesday, and the four stars will be released throughout the week. Mm-hmm. And everybody's rankings as uh, that process winds up. Uh, Texas, another five star defensive back man. Our guys at twenty four seven Sports, they've been in love with Tyler Owens from Plano East. Uh, he uh, signed with Texas in the early period. Was at the uh, All American Bowl down in San Antonio. Uh, apparently, you know Barton Simmons on our rankings team liked what they enough of what they saw him saw of him. I should say that he's a five star prospect. So Rod, you look at this Texas secondary in 2019. Tyler Owens was a 24 seven Sports five star prospect. So was Jalen Green. So was Demarvion Overshone. Uh, B.J. Foster was a composite five-star. Caden Stearns was the number one prospect in the state of Texas. That's five guys that in some way, shape, or form within the last two recruiting wow. classes are five-star guys going to be in that secondary. I don't want to belabor the point because we did talk a lot about the secondary on last week's show, but, Rod, this just shows you crazy. a couple of things. One, Todd Orlando's really selling the fact that, hey, we can play five, six defensive backs at a time, so if mm-hmm. you're good, we'll find a place for you. And, Matt, we looked at Havoc rate numbers last mm-hmm. week, how close 2017 and 2018 were to each other. Rod, that's where this defense is getting built, man. It's getting built on the back end with just physical, fast, dynamic athletes at all of those positions. Yeah, and I, I, I love that. I think Todd Orlando understands that the DBs give you flexibility. If you can find guys with very unique skill sets, uh, with a really high ceiling on the back end, DeMarvion Overshones, B.J. Fosters of the world. You really can mold those guys into playing different positions. Uh, you talked about it uh, at Nazium. I've brought it up several times, too. You know, watching the Chargers play that what they call their quarters package, and even the Patriots have a quarters package where they play seven DBs. You know, you can tell that teams are trying to match or at least – counter uh, some of these spread concepts with speed or suffocate uh, offenses with speed. And Texas can do that as well as anybody. And even in that, you know, in the uh, the Sugar Bowl, Texas showed that, hey, man, in terms of speed, Texas can probably go toe-to-toe with most teams in the country, if not every team in the country, except for Alabama and Clemson, who are on different levels, period. So I agree. I think in the Big 12, that is the way the matchup. It's interesting. The Big 12 is changing, too, though. The Big 12 is becoming more of a – balanced offensive league rather than the air raid spread offensive league that you know for years had the imprint of Mike Leach in that air raid offense now you're starting to see more balance with Matt Rule Tom Herman um, you know even Matt Campbell you're starting to see more balance offensively in the league but I still think there's a place for Texas to just really utilize and maximize all of that speed and versatility in the back end this is the reinvention of DB you always see every Probably 15 years or so, DBU goes through a reinvention. Uh, the last reinvention was Coach Dwayne Aquina, and I was here for it, and I think that it occurred around 2000, 2001 mm-hmm. is when it started happening there. Um, and it was an emphasis on versatility and multiplicity, guys who can play more than one position, and I think that'll be also a key to this next reinvention of DBU. 
And that's why, I mean, you we talked about be. ever since the beginning, Akina being the guy to, you know, identify just the value and having that versatility and in the modern game. And we've seen it trickle up and you yeah. brought up the seven DBs that was being used by the Chargers and teams were, I even heard people sort of criticizing them at the time against the Chiefs. But then the very next week when you see the Patriots doing the same thing, it's like, no, this is just because you need to have speed and skill out yeah. on the field in open space against some of these offenses and some Sometimes just how you match up and for Texas to be able to basically just load up for three classes now if you keep it going, going back to Jones almost. Yeah, and look right. at what Texas has at that spot in this conference. It's so big in the havoc rate. We talked about it last week, but the exact numbers, it was last year Texas was second in the nation. 9.7% of their havoc came from DBs. And then in 2018, when we were wondering, you know, losing all that talent, a lot of freshmen come in, what would it be? It was 92 which was still fifth in the nation this year. So you got Texas staying in the top five despite a revolving door. You know Holton Hill, no Deshaun Elliott, a lot of new faces, freshmen coming in and still can get that type of production. So now if they get to be within the same system, it's not only going to be good for them here in Texas and in the Big 12, but it seems as if, you know, just going to help streamline to get the next ones if they're going to be leaving school early to go and fit and play well in the league. And it's sort of a cycle the same way that you saw this happen in 01 and it got you maybe the guys when we talk about that 08 and 09 defensive back class or the defensive backs on those 08 and 09 teams that were just so deep with talent and then you'd be able to do it again in this modern age would be huge in the Big 12. Also, Todd Orlando you know, this is one of the first times really with him as a in his evolution as a DC where he is now recruited to his talent this will be his third year right. mm-hmm. with this group we haven't seen him recruit to his system, uh, recruit talent to his system specifically since, what, UConn? Because he's been yeah. basically two years and done every place he's been, Florida International, Utah, Utah State, State, and U of H. Texas so, has been in the same boat, not being able to have classes for multiple Great groups. point, too. But see, now, it's a good point with all the, ro- uh, the mm-hmm. rotation of coaches there. But Todd Orlando now, you could argue, and you talk about the consistency with the heavy grade over, you know, over the last two years with him, that we know how he wants to utilize his DBs, but he's never had a group this talented, mm-hmm. all right, to be able to you know bring to, uh, to to his defensive scheme. And I think you know that's something to look at too in terms of a given this system a you know his Tartalendo system a ceiling. You could argue the best game we've seen Tartalendo call and game plan was versus Georgia, and he yep. did that without Caden Stern. So he actually may be starting to blossom too. We're starting to see him blossom because he's never had access to this much talent. Yeah. And he's also evolving as a D.C., which we watched real time this year when he struggled versus, you know, Oklahoma State and West Virginia and Texas Tech. We watched him real time evolve that defense. And we, that's two years in a row that we've watched him adapt and adjust. And I couldn't be more in love with Todd Orlando because of that. When you look at uh, – let's look at the other side of the ball. Um, we talk, Again, we talked a lot about the secondary last week, and I think, Rod, that kind of puts a nice little bow on it. Um, you know, Tyler Owens did tell us when he was down in San Antonio for the All-American Bowl, he said the, the two spots that uh, the staff has talked to him about are safety and joker. And, again, you talk, about a kid Ty- you talk about a kid in Tyler Owens, 6'2", 197 pounds, uh, ran a 10'3", 5, and 100 on the track last spring. Uh, you know, DeMarvion overshone at 225 or whatever he is now, looked, looked that big. When I saw him at bowl practices, we know what Caden Stearns and B.J. Foster can do. Um, it's more than just having defensive back talent. Like I said, it's just having guys with with size and length that you don't lose a lot exactly. in the run game when you can move these guys around and have them play multiple positions. So I think that ties the defensive conversation together. But, guys, moving over to the other side of the ball, it seems like every time we've gotten ready to talk about quarterbacks since we've been back, there's been kind of a lull in that process. There hasn't been a lot going on. But now – uh, and Rod, we were talking about this during a break on the Rodcast when I was with you this week on Monday. It's really weird how we're still talking about the Sugar Bowl, and, and we deserve to because we're still so far out from spring ball and the Sugar Bowl is still relatively fresh. Uh, but the, the guys on the 40, they got to move on. School starts, school started this week. Yep. Winter conditioning starts on Wednesday. Um, so, yeah, they got to pick it up and move on. And Texas kind of released a little hype video of the team meeting yeah, on that. Sunday with Tom Herman saying, hey, what last year's team did was great, but that has no bearing on what this team does. Love and that message. It, 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 it's true, Rod, and, and you know, I think that you've been a part of those teams yep. where, you know, take your junior year where you guys have you some play success. for the Big 12 championship, you fall short, you go beat Washington in the Holiday Bowl, you finish number five, but then – 
it's so weird. You don't have that much time to savor it because a couple weeks later, you've got to just reset the whole thing and get ready to go all over again. Yeah, and then you lose some key guys, obviously some key you know leadership off of those teams, and that's my concern this year. They, they bring back a lot of talent. That's why Texas, in my opinion, probably should be the favorite to win the Big 12, but we'll see how everything works out. Like I think Preseason the, number three in most people's Yeah, stuff. I think they're the best team in the Big 12, but they do lose, lose a lot of key pieces on the offensive line. All right, they lose some key pieces on defense. Most of that D line, most of that defense up front, actually, because they lose Gary Johnson. You're gonna lose Wheeler. You lose Hager. You lose Amenahu. Uh, you're gonna lose Chris Nelson. And I mean, and you That's lose both lot. of your corners, right? Devontae Davis and also Chris Boyd. Mm-hmm. I mean, you lose a lot. You actually may lose more on this team than Texas lost last year, yeah. and they lost a ton last Maybe year too. Maybe not as much top end talent, not, but quantity. Just yeah. quantity, yeah. But I, I will say this: they bounced back last year in the same way. Also having their last game of the season when they had a, a lot of talent that was out mm-hmm. um, because they were either injured or they were skipping the bowl games. Carnell Williams and you know Houghton Hill and Deshaun Elliott and Malik Jefferson didn't play. And Texas played their best game of the season in that Texas Bowl versus Missouri. And same thing this year. They played their best game of the season, arguably, against Georgia um, you know, in that Sugar Bowl, you could argue that. I mean, we can debate that. And in theory, it, it makes sense. And it's Kenny what Stern, you want. By the way. Worst game beginning of year, best game end of year. Two, two <laughs> years in a row. That's been the case, it seems. And I think Tom Harmon's been really, really good about kind of readjusting the focus of yep. the team and reasserting the the culture of the team year to year. So now there's so much reason to buy in, though. Like, there's more reason to buy mm-hmm. in with this group, and this group arguably, Jeff, has a higher ceiling talent-wise than the group did last year. They're younger, inexperienced, but even that secondary is a primary example of the ceiling mm-hmm. uh, for a lot of positions. I think the buy-in will be, be easier for Tom Herman. Like, that's not something he's got to pound into the, the, you know, the consciousness of this team. It's like, no, 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 they're buying in. They know it works. Yeah. Whatever he's doing, it works. Right now, we just got to go to work. Like, mm-hmm. we literally just got to go to work and get better. We know the coaching and development actually is on par, too, because we've seen that at several positions. So, I don't know. I'm confident that even though they lose a lot, if they get down – get down the work and they can try to establish the identity of the offense now post little Jordan Humphrey uh, with the offensive line. I love what Herb Hand is doing. I think Texas will come back. And I don't know if they'll be, you know, if you can say specifically they're going to be better than they were last year, but I think they could win as many games, if not more. Yeah, I'll I want to table, table the quarterback uh, quarterback conversation for, for just a minute because I want to talk about something that really, and Rod, you and I have talked about this again too, kind of off air and when we just had you know random chats on the side. Uh, maybe those under, I don't know, was under-reported or under-talked about uh, aspect of this team coming back from last year, but Tom Herman said after that Sugar Bowl win, he felt like at some point that the 2018 team became a player-led team. Mm-hmm. And I think that tells you a couple of things. I think number one, that the, the buy-in was there. You know, you don't become a player-led team without having buy-in by your by your best guys. And I, I think you know Sam Ellinger is a prime example of that. Rod, you you know this. You've been in the locker room when when arguably your best player is your hardest worker, the guy that leaves the most of himself on the field. Uh, it's just really easy to get behind that. Mm-hmm. So from a leadership standpoint, as long as Sam Ellinger is still in that locker room, that's why I don't worry too much about uh, you know the leadership and the buy-in aspect. But when you talk about guys that understand Tom Herman's message, you know, the culture at this point is what it is. We talked about culture the last two offseasons. I don't think that's as big of a deal now because it kind of is what it is. And, you know, I, I don't I think I don't think if you're at this point, if you're not bought in, I don't think you're around the facility anymore. I think oh, they're, they're trick. They're on their way out anyway. Exactly. Yeah, uh, either you you are out or you're about to be out. Yeah. But, you know, when you start just looking at the leadership aspect of this team, and I you know, mentioned Sam Ellinger, I mentioned what Tom Herman said, you look at a group of guys, even the guys that were there, you know, the year before Tom Herman got there, guys that are going to be your fourth-year seniors, even your mm-hmm. fifth-year seniors. Everybody on this roster now going into 2019 will have spent more time around Tom Herman than they spent around Charlie Strong. Yeah. So whatever people want to say about the Charlie Strong influence around the program, good or bad, it's gone now. It, I don't think it exists anymore. This is, in 2019, this will be Tom Herman's team. Yeah. This is firmly Tom Herman's program now and going forward. I think you just look at the Sugar Bowl win as, okay, that it really kind of in earnest is where it starts, the, the Tom Herman era. We're, we're done talking about, you know, 
kind of Charlie Strong, Tom Herman, and guys buying in and who's in the boat and, and what are you still doing or what does your personnel look like? No, I think from now on, I think now we're really going to see, okay, this is all Tom Herman from here on out. Totally agree. I think you said Sam Ellinger is the, probably the biggest part of that. Uh, is that, you know, this the confirmation that it is a new culture and the Georgia win also more confirmation that hey, it's a new football culture here. Uh, what You know, this year, I think one of the big, you know, they, there's a lot of challenges, obviously, still for this team. I think one of the, the challenges uh, for this young team will be, and they showed it in the Georgia game, you know, just the ability to play as, oh, what's the best way to say this, play as Goliath. And you're not always mm. going to be David. Like, you're mm. not always going to be the underdog. And it's great. They were great as the underdog, by the way. Love it. And Tom Herman has proven as an underdog. He might be the most dangerous head coach in all of college football. But now you're going to be the favorite. Mm-hmm. And probably the majority of the game. Hell, you may be the favorite in every damn game you play next yeah. year. I don't know how the LSU game is going to work out or Oklahoma. But, and I don't know, what's the last time Texas was favorite in every game they played? Was it 09? 09, yeah. I mean, 2000, yeah, it can't be 2010, because at the end of the year, it can't be that. But so, oh, yeah, 09 was probably the last game, last yeah, season you can think of like sure. that. That's when the expectations were really, really high for Texas, and they not only met those expectations, hell, they damn near won it all. And for Tom Herman, that's the challenge. You are now Goliath. The target is on you. That underdog stuff is done. Now everybody understands that you have now uplifted the standard to where Texas should be, where the, 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 expectation, the expectation is, hey, win the Big 12. Win the Big 12 and put yourself in the conversation for the college football playoff. That should be automatic for Texas every year. But this is the first time in a long time that Tom Herman's made it that way. And, and Sam Miller and the team. And I think that this leads straight into something we've talked about, how Texas has lacked the continuity for so long. And, I mean, you talk about just from the revolving door at offense. I mean, you can go back to 2012, basically, to now, and no continuity for yeah. any Texas kids at any aspect. If you're talking new OCs to new DCs to fire, this is the first time and we were wondering this offseason, oh, well, will Beck be back for next year? And there was that chance that there wouldn't be continuity, but it looks like everything is sealed yeah. up and you're good to go and now like you said not only does Harmon now have these players more than say they were Charlie's guys they're his guys and now he's in two full years and you get to start up on that year three and that's continuity and now these kids I mean I know it seems like it may be not as in, integral to success but I really think it is that when you know what's there you're showing up you're confident you aren't literally having to wipe the floor clean and start something new and yeah. learn something you can't build a that I mean, look at the continuity. Uh, if you're talking when you said underdog, it made me laugh because how the Patriots, it's not a lie if you believe it, if you still are oh, the man. underdog and being, have yeah, that fuel right? your fire. Yeah. But like those guys have continuity for 18 years, and there's a lot of continuity there. It makes the process a lot easier than starting over the way the rest of the NFL has. Yeah. And if Texas can just get in that little stable area, now you don't want to get comfortable, but if you get comfortable, that means you've won and that means you've had a lot of success. So let Texas. Just get to that point, get be successful, and then worry and see if you have a staff around for maybe a decade or so, like Texas did the last time that they were really successful. No, good. That's a great point. Yeah, because Tom Herman was all been all about you know alignment mm-hmm. and, and consistency his way and, and making sure they have. Now continuity. you're just showing up to the next day to well, add on instead well of Sam going and restarting. In, he goes into the off season. This is his first off season. He's the quarterback. Mm, the no guy. competition, but also now I can practice with the wide receivers and all the concepts. I know the offense. We all know it it ain't changing i ain't got to go learn the verbiage and i was like no no we all know the offense we can just go out there and get into the 707 and get better i mean i agree that helps it does it's huge no question confidence too and sam that that's honestly that's sam's offense right now yeah you know i mean like it's weird you know it's i think tom herman likes it that way by the way it, it went from being Tim Beck's offense, which we all hated, by the way. Mm-hmm. Tim Beck's offense, we hate Tim Beck's offense. All right. And by the way, Tim Beck's done a great job, but I think they've changed his role within that, that offensive uh, structure. Right. I think they've changed his role there because I think Sam's taking more ownership of the offense, which is taking less uh, accountability and responsibility away from Tim Beck. But Tim Beck still has a crucial role. And I think Tom Herman overall for overseeing everything, and I think. He's calling plays a lot of the times, but we don't know, and he claims that it's a, a joint effort, so we'll respect Tom Herman. But you can see the way the offense did change over time, and I think that's Tom Herman's influence. Mm-hmm. And I think more than anybody, Sam Mellinger took ownership of the offense. You can see him starting to you know, audible at the line of scrimmage at time and change plays, but more importantly, Tom Herman starts to build that offense around what Sam did well. Period. And I think that was kind of the key. Rod, it's interesting, though, because last year we talked about 
the identity of the Texas offense was Sam Ellinger, and that wasn't necessarily a good thing. Yeah, it was a Sam Ellinger show, which ain't good because it didn't have any. There was no supporting cast. Supporting, it was like, where? Holy, yeah, it's great for you. Yeah, Seinfeld is great. He's the main man. But then there's George, and then mm-hmm. there's Kramer, and then there's Elaine. You got all these people that step up, and, they, and then sometimes the whole damn show's about George. It's like, damn, George, he's awesome. He's great. But then you know what? When Jerry had to be the man, Jerry was the man. So my point was that Sam, it was the Sam Ellinger show. Led the team in rushing. Led the team in in passing. But it wasn't like when Cole McCoy led the team in 08 in rushing and passing. You still had Quan Cosby. Showing up, yeah, still had Jordan Shipley. Oh, by the way, Chris Over, now you had a good game. So you had a supporting cast. Seems like last year, who was the supporting cast? You know what I mean? There were no supporting yeah. stars. It was like Sam Ellinger. And it was like when not, Shane not was, consistently, anyway. Yeah, and yeah. this year it was like, no, no, Lil Jordan Humphrey, Colin Johnson. Was well, so Devin Duvernay get a little cameo here? And Trey, there. Trey Watson, Watson yeah. Well, Andrew Beck here. Oh, Andrew Beck appearance, little cameo. You know what I mean? Like, it was cool. I like that offense was an offense was not so predictable. Last year, you were way too predictable because it all went through Sam. That just showed you Sam's ceiling, too. Sam's a bad man. No doubt. All right, time for our first break on the show, but more off-season talk on the Longhorns when we come back. So do not go anywhere. You're listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns 247.com. Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns 247.com. Here again is Jeff Howe. Um, speaking of Sam Ellinger, we'll go finally go ahead and get to the quarterback discussion. So now we know what that room will look like this spring. So Casey Thompson, is he in the portal? Is he out of the portal? Is he coming back? Is he leaving? <laughs> He's staying. It's official. It's He's day. on campus. He's out of the portal. Ooh. So good on Casey Thompson for man. making that decision. I was decision. just laughing the first time I read stressful. that some person entered a transfer portal on the bottom line. It was like Kelly Bryant enters transfer portal. I was like, oh, okay, I got it now. <laughs> I know. Who came up with the, the term? Because yeah. they should get some props. It's because, like some trans. Because apparently the NCAA does not call it a transfer portal. They call I, it a database. I, that's what I called it, too. When I, but you're I, being when, professional. When, when I did, being the, just like when I did the, Cameron, the Cameron Rising story and I heard Cameron Rising <laughs> was going into the, the database, I said, oh, he's entering the NCAA transfer database. And it was like, he's going in the portal. It's the portal. I'm like. He's going to the portal. It's a magical, it mystical mortal, land. It's a mortal combat. Like, and then he gets to return. Fighting in the portal or whatever. And, and Casey Thompson went into the portal and came back. back. He returned. He must tell his stories, the tales from the, oh, the portal, portal, Casey Thompson. Yes, very yeah. much. So <laughs> it's a boring day in a cleric's office. And here's like the paperwork. Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. Like, ah, That's what we imagine, but it's much more boring on the other end. So Casey Thompson is sticking around on the forty. Um, Shane Bouchelle looks like he's not. This is an interesting situation. It is, man. And this goes back to kind of what we talked about with Tom Herman and this team. And I've heard this from guys that played for Tom Herman at previous stops. Pretty much once you're one of his guys, once you kind of prove your worth, so to say, uh, he's like ride or die with you till the end. And I think we're going to see that with Shane Bouchelle because he's apparently told Shane Bouchelle, hey, man, if you want to work out in the offseason program, you're more than welcome to. You family. Kind of whatever you need. Yeah. You family, bro. Because, Rod, we talk, we talk about this on the you right. You left your family that it's all you, you fans People to can come say to what they want about yeah. Shane Bouchelle. The bottom line is you don't win 10 games and you're not in the Sugar Bowl without Shane Bouchelle. Nope. That's period. It's just that simple. And then not to mention the year before that where Shane Boucher also was very unselfish and understood having the quarterback competition. And, hey, and even the year before that, as a true freshman going out there, he's done so much for the University of Texas that I agree with Tom Herman's stance that, no, 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 your family, I understand you need to move on, um, but you've done enough for us. You, you've given me return on my investment. My investment in you was a scholarship to University of Texas. You've given me return on that investment more. We always do the bus rates, right? My mm-hmm. man Matt came up with the bus rate numbers. Uh, and basically we found out that some guys on the total of the bus rate, they give you no return on your investment. You give them a scholarship, and all they do is my man Brian Jones say they eat chicken fried steak and they drink Gatorade. That's it, all right? They, didn't, they, they give you a damn thing. Uh, guys like Shane Bouchelle, no, he's not going to finish his eligibility here at Texas. And no, he didn't end up, you know, winning, you know, 10 games for you as a multiple year starter. But man, his contribution is significant and almost it's almost hard to quantify it because where Texas was in a quarterback hell, he mm-hmm. helped you. He helped you get out of quarterback hell. Yep. You were in quarterback hell, man, where it was like and not nothing against the players who were, you know, in, in that in that situation, that circumstance, but Texas couldn't get out of that quicksand, man. They were just struggling. Every time they thought they were, they found the guy, it wasn't the guy, and Shane Bouchot gave you some stability. He gave you one full year of one starting quarterback. Now, yes, they had to, they needed the 18-wheeler package to go win games, so you still needed two quarterbacks, but you hadn't had that kind of stability and consistency at the quarterback position in years, and that allowed you to come in and look at a young Sam Ellinger and go, okay, 
Okay, I don't have to just throw him in as a true freshman. We actually can, you know, we can balance this thing. We can, you know, we can work with Shane here and work with Sam here. We know Sam's the future, but Shane's right now. And then, boom, in 2018, oh, Sam's the guy. But, man, Sam has a style of play that is very risque, and he might miss a couple of games. We're going to need a quality backup. And then Shane gave you that. Shane gave you everything you needed to fix the quarterback position. You could argue that he's the reason that Texas is no longer in quarterback hell. That it was him alone. Yeah. So, yeah, let the man do what he wants to do. Respect, Shane. Respect, brother. You're family, man. Always. Lifetime uh, long hair. So, thank you for that, Rod. And I, I've Sorry, got a piece, I, no, I've got a piece up on the site <laughs> uh, on Shane Bouchelle, kind of my Shane Bouchelle appreciation article, echoing uh, yeah. some of the same things you yeah. said, Rod. Uh, Rod, Matt, both of you guys' thoughts on Casey Thompson leaving. And, Rod, this is really where you look at it. Yo, Casey Thompson, got Casey Thompson, Cameron Rising transfers to Utah. Casey Thompson's coming back. So you got three scholarship quarterbacks Can in the I spring. Can I ask you real quick about the Utah thing? Go he for sits it. out, of course, right? Do you yes. know that quarterback situation? Was it just like it was it just obvious he sits out one year and he's probably going to start, or is he still competing once? Um, year? he'll compete with kid Jason Shelley, who's a Texas kid out of out of Frisco area. What's he? Um, what's his classification now? I think is? Jason Shelley. Is, I think he's a soft retro freshman. I know, so it's kind of weird. But I guess he figured. Okay, my thing is this. So he basically he looked at Sam and went, "Okay, I can compete. I can try to compete with that guy for the oh, next two <laughs> years." And then looked at another guy who's probably similar. He's going to be there for one or two years and go. I got to compete with that guy. You know what? I'm that. choosing to compete with this other guy because Sam looks like he's the real I'm going deal. to, to Utah. Me, that's, a, that's a call. Exactly. That's a call. And he's going back to the West Coast, too. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a compliment to Sam. Like, Pac, oh, no. Pac-12 region, if you will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just the West West Coast. Anyway, uh, but, sorry, but sorry to interrupt. No, no, no. So, but, I just wanted to Rod, we talked about this, too. Matt, I'll get your thoughts as well. Uh, in this day and age where we're talking about the portal and, and really what the, what the transfer portal has done is it's made kind of the seedy underbelly of the transfer process just kind of out there for everybody to see. I, 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 I I made it akin to like the uh, you know the early '90s steroid scandal in, in professional wrestling. We're like, oh my gosh, pro wrestlers are using steroids. Like, well, y'all haven't known this for like the last <laughs> twenty years. Like, yeah, like yeah. what? It's just out, and everybody knows it now. Have you um, looked at any of them? Right. So, <laughs> Ultimate Warrior. Look at him. Scott Steiner. <laughs> so uh, no, but uh, it just kind of opens it up. So I don't think it's really changed the game all that much. What it has changed is now it's really made you kind of. It's really put the power the power in the hands of the players, exactly and as a coach, right. it's made. You look at your quarterback room differently. Yep. So, Rod, I say all that to say, if you're Tom Herman, you know you've got QB one, and you got two guys battling for your backup job in the spring. That's a best case scenario right now. Uh, I agree with you. Yeah, I, and I think Tom Herman he reiterated something like that. He talked to Craigway at halftime of the Texas Oklahoma basketball game, um, and I think they were there for the recruits and everything. And he said, basically, we got to start looking at, and I'm paraphrasing, looking at the quarterback position differently than we used to. We're not going to be able to keep you know four scholarship quarterbacks and keep all of them. And, and develop one guy and then keep another guy to battle for the backup position and then uh, another starting quarterback. You say we got to start looking at it differently, and I totally agree. And we talked about this too, Jeff. Basically, you got to look at your quarterback position now if you're in, in, in college football now with there's your starting quarterback position, all right, then there's your, your backup quarterback position where – you can look at that to feel that any which way you want to. You're probably not going to be able to get a get a graduate transfer to be your backup quarterback because they want to play right away. But you still have to find a young quarterback who doesn't have a five star ceiling, but he's willing to wait and be patient behind whoever the starter is. So that's a circumstantial yeah right situation there. You know what I mean? Like all right, so if my quarterback's a senior, ooh, I may be able to bring in you know what I mean a young stud at my mm-hmm. backup and then develop him and he'll be ready to go next year. Uh, this then you got the, the third string quarterback, which now, in my opinion, because of the graduate transfer market, any of your first two quarterbacks could leave. You got to be thinking about that as an He's asset basically now. your backup now. He, yeah, your you third have to have yeah. two starters, and then you have a backup. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it just it changes everything, man. It reprioritizes the way you look at the quarterback position, and um, and Texas won't utilize a lot of graduate transfers uh, from the quarterback position like Oklahoma does. So they're going to use more homegrown quarterback prospects, which I honestly kind of makes their job a lot. Tougher tougher these days yeah. because that transfer portal is just another uh, it's another asset for coaches like Lincoln Riley to bring in quarterback talent and Texas won't use it and not not that's a bad thing but it's just not in it's not their style I should say right it is Texas doesn't strike me as the sign university is going to bring in a graduate transfer quarterback they could they could but I don't see them that right now yeah, yeah if say a Jalen Hurts chose you randomly one year it's like in, uh, graduate transfer just sort of has but to I mean, be there we're going to find a quarterback that's leaving out from a school I'm going to 
find a spot to land. That's just going to be a coincidental thing. Like you can't prepare for that. That's just at the end of a year. If you have your outgoing senior, well, we can start a freshman, or we're going to see who is possibly. I out guess there. you can get a guy that transfers the five star and says, "I will sit out a year." If your starting quarterback is like a junior or something, or going to be a senior, yeah, he'll sit out a year and then say, "Hey, I'm, I'll expect to compete in a year." A legit two. transfer, but yeah, like, a legit. You, you know, transfer. grad transfers yeah. is going to be one of those deals where those guys want to come in with a chance to compete. So, yeah. I mean. I guess you could have a grad transfer who maybe he just grew up a Texas fan and the chance to play at Texas. Like, yeah. hey, man, I'll sit behind Sam Ellinger, and I, I know you know his style. Maybe I'll have a chance to be the guy, but I, I want to get a degree from Texas. Yeah, that's, that's I mean, asking a lot. Uh, yeah, that's, maybe. That's being, it's wishful thinking right there. But as yeah. you pointed out, and you brought this up on the show, the preferred walk-on now. Yeah, that was going to be the point I was going to okay, kind of yeah, well, wrap part of the ahead, conversation sorry, up with. Yeah. You know, typically, it used to be, uh, you know, you think about, te- and Texas has done this, you know, think of a guy like Jalen Overstreet or whoever that second quarterback take was in a class. I didn't think we were making a Jalen Overstreet yeah. reference on this show today, but you basically you take a developmental guy and say, okay, yeah, we'll stash him away and work with him, and uh, you know maybe like kind of like what I think the previous staff was thinking of with a guy like Matthew, Matthew Merrick. Merrick, like maybe we'll take him. He's an athletic guy. Maybe we'll take him, and, and, and down the road, you know, maybe his ceiling is you know being our backup quarterback. But now, right in, in this scholarship era that you're in, you don't have that luxury anymore to yeah. do that. Um, those guys are going to transfer, and I mean, honestly, and especially we talked about this program being Tom Herman's, but you're in a position still where you're still building this thing, and you can't afford to waste any of those 85 scholarships. So really, your developmental quarterback now is probably going to have to come from your preferred walk-on program. And you get a guy, a local kid like Sam Saxon, who's a legacy kid, uh, had had legitimate offers at other places, uh, a kid that, again, a kid that just really wants to be at Texas and doesn't mind, you know, hey, I'll be the practice squad guy or whatever. Maybe that's the kid that two or three years from now, he's your backup quarterback and maybe he's the guy that gets you through a game or yeah. or something like that in the event of injury but man that you you really you've really got to and Tom Herman talked about looking at it differently that's part of looking at it differently you've got to look at all avenues of okay how can we make sure that we're constantly consistently building depth given really the restrictions that you have now like I said because it is in the powers in the hands of the players now yeah I mean the truth is you're going to deal with this every year so you got to basically uh, assume that the quarterback that is not playing is unhappy and wants to Lead. Right. That's your best way to approach quarterback if you're Tom Herman. Assume that every quarterback that's not Sam Ellinger wants out mm-hmm. and then approach the quarterback position that way. And I know it sounds like that's kind of irresponsible. It almost sounds like, you know, so you're like, oh, so you're going to bring in more quarterbacks to try to counter the fact that quarterbacks are leaving because they don't want to compete more, more to leave. Yeah, it's almost like fighting fire with fire. Like, yeah, I mean, that they are they call control burns. They do actually fight fire with fire. You have to do it at times. And I think this is a situation where you have to do it. It's almost like what they say, you you inoculate yourself with the virus to prevent yourself from getting the virus. That's a vaccine. That's what you got to do with quarterbacks now, man. It sounds counterproductive, but it actually isn't. You just got to stockpile them, keep bringing them in, because they're going to keep leaving regardless. Yeah. You can't stop that. And you can't I mean, stop that. And that's the point that you're going to have to continue to stockpile. Like you said, it may continue to feed the transfer, but that's just the world we're in right now to where the kid's going to end up going that you can't be left without one. He goes in the transfer portal like Casey Thompson, and I love that Tom Herman did it, because, and you're right, Jeff, I heard people mention this and you brought it up when we first came on the show maybe on like a month ago and talked about <laughs> the transfer portal. You said they actually can take the scholarship yeah. of the young man once you enter the transfer portal they can choose. I think it's either to not to renew your scholarship or to just, I don't know if they can take it. I think maybe not to renew it. Not I'm to not renew sure. it. Not to but, renew but it. If they want. Exactly. Either way you won't be on scholarship anymore. Mm-hmm. And Tom Herman didn't do that. He's like, no, no, no. You're good. Like Go on the transfer portal. Do your thing. Come on back here. And you almost have to, you have to change the way you view competition at quarterback too. Like some people may want to pet in a petty way hold that against a young man. Oh, you want to go mm-hmm. and transfer portal? You're not loyal. I'm taking your scholarship. Well, that's just only hurting you. Yeah. You're just losing Love quarterback. Player and giving you can away. enter the portal and come back. Yeah. So you almost have to allow them the flexibility. It's like if you love them, let them go and they'll return. It's that kind of thing. Like, so if you like that quarterback, hey, let him enter the transfer portal and then he can come back to you. So, man, it's so weird the way you have to approach it. Back yeah. in the day, you know, kids would have got their scholarship. I, you know, I wonder if Mac Brown would have pulled a kid's scholarship for going to transfer portal because Mac was big on loyalty. Yeah. And well, was I was big just, on loyalty, man. He was like, and remember, he didn't even like guys to see, go take other visits. No. He's like, when you 
commit to me. Once You're we commit committed. to one another, we're committed. Don't be talking on the schools. Don't be going. And I, I respected it, but I wonder in this day and it's age, foreign would now. Mac decide, hey, if you go to the transfer portal, I'm taking your scholarship. I'm not renewing it because you, you're not loyal. Well, he's living in North Carolina yeah, now. Yeah, we'll see. I guess he will. We will see. We'll get the, the new modern world, how, how the world If you're going to do that, you better have a hell of a lot of it's leverage. Like, you can't do it. Nobody can do that anymore. You almost nope. have to treat the quarterback position like the NFL treats. They got their own quarterback club. Because if it's a wide receiver, did I bet they take the wide receiver scholarship. Like, ah, uh, I mean, because I think McCleskey, is it McCleskey that did that at Oklahoma State? Oh, uh, I'm not sure. Uh, McCleskey. Did they take McCleskey scholarship? He he's not with Oklahoma State. No, no, no. He, but remember, uh, Gundy came out publicly and was upset about it. He's yeah. like, I can't believe this is happening. Nobody, you know, right. he came out basically was very upset. Because McCluskey was one of the guys that, and this is what we're the first step of this that we saw. Really McCluskey was. was one of those guys that played in four games. Like, you know what? I'm a red shirt and transfer. He did yeah. it himself. He yeah. actually, he actually it, invoked his he own. invoked his old red shirt, which is like I hadn't a, heard that verbiage, and I was like, that's, that's awesome. Rights. It was. That's yeah. what he did. And honestly, yeah, it was smart. And then Gundy didn't like. It. So I don't know if Gundy took the scholarship or didn't renew it, but I know. Gundy was uh, uh, out. He was outspokenly upset about it. Yeah, it just fits Gundy's personality. It is. Yeah, but quite outspoken. Is, and yeah. it, I didn't even really too. realize till we got in this conversation. But the aspect that with the teams can or when the coach can pull the transfer, pull the scholarship from you, you're going to have some coaches use the this to affect their numbers to make it actually advantageous. So it'll be interesting to see how they do yeah. it. Because yeah, if you convince a kid to go in the portal and then take a scholarship, that would be just totally brutal. But I think. That's what I bet. I bet if we looked at, I bet skill position guys are getting their scholarships or at least not getting them renewed. But I bet quarterbacks is like, no, no, no. You can go if you want to come back. Please do. If you yeah. want to go, go. Because it's quarterback is so. I mean, it's just a special position, right? Yeah. Just not a lot of them out there. Yep. And uh, I looked it up while since you brought it up earlier about Texas. This may be the first year that Texas is favored in all games, and Texas was an 09 favored over Oklahoma by three points. They so okay. it was an 09 that was all games were favored. And then I didn't realize till looking at this list of Texas-Oklahoma. Until the Big 12 Championship, Texas had covered against the spread six consecutive games against Oklahoma. You would have not thunk Damn. that. All of the Charlie Ooh. Era and Tom oh, Herman. until the Big 12 title game this year. Yeah, until the wow. Big 12 title. So basically every and they Texas barely game didn't the cover. They ba- almost covered that game. They were within a field goal, but the last six all the yeah. way back to Yeah, Matt, that, uh, that 2015 That's one, wrong. Charlie, the year Charlie got the, the win over OU, yeah. wasn't, wasn't it like a 15-point like a spread or something? 16 and a half. Because yeah. yeah. there was yeah. the record-setting one was the first one. One right, with 20, 20, 2013 with Case McCoy was 13 and a half, oh, and no. then that was a it 21 went up, something. I thought. Well, it fin- I this is final line finishing uh, okay. at 16. I want to say that 61 started at 20 something. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, think there was like a, 21. It was like three touchdowns. I, 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 I would mistaken. be blown away by that, but it, it I start, think you're right, I think there was right. it was it was a big number. That was some misreporting, I believe, on okay. that one because these are pretty good. It was just 16 and news on the FIPO lines. Oh yeah, there's one standardized FIPO line but uh yeah so it's pretty crazy to see that cover three times as a 13 and a half 16 and a half and 13 and a half in 2013 15 and 16 and covered all of them right i know we're sitting here you know winter conditioning as we sit here right now hasn't started yet but on the injury front so sam ellinger's injured shoulder we talked a lot about sam on the show this week uh tom herman said that's not going to need surgery he got a steroid shot recently uh, and it sounds like that's really all he's going to need for that shoulder just some rest and some time off and, and he'll be good to go colin johnson had his knee scoped but you guys know how knee scopes work now I mean, just go in there, get a little bit of stuff cleaned up, and that's a couple weeks yep. off, and then you're ready to go. Doesn't sound like anybody else is going to need off-season surgery, which is good. You do have guys, though, coming back from surgeries. Malcolm Epps with the collarbone. Josh Moore, I think his was also collarbone, clavicle area. Uh, Marquez Bimmons with the shoulder. Uh, a couple of different guys. Interesting notes on the guy, some guys we haven't heard from in a while. Um, based on everything I've heard, it sounds like Patrick Hudson's going to give football another shot after his heat-related oh, illness. Nice. Yeah. Kind of knocked him, him out early in the season. So sounds like he's going to. he's been with the team, but it's Sounds like he's going to give uh, football another shot. So, and, and Rod, one of the one of the uh, I don't know what what you want to say, but one of the expectations, I guess, that, mm-hmm. that I heard for him that maybe internally right now is um, I heard this from a source recently. He said we we think he can at some point be solid, be a solid hey. contributor. Hey, that's good. You depth? If you mean somebody I can rotate in, yeah, that's cool. I'll take that for an interior <laughs> line spot. Yeah, yeah, I'll take that, man. I'll take depth. You need that, no no question about it. So yeah, that's a good thing. Uh, and then Kyle Porter doesn't sound like Kyle Porter's made a 
a firm decision on whether he's going to stay, whether he's going to grad transfer, what he's going to do. Oh, man, I almost forgot about Kyle Porter. Yeah. That's crazy. I forgot about him, too. Until Tenille Carter's transferred, though. Tenille right Carter's at Sam Houston State. Yeah, he's done. Um, uh, yeah, I, I think Kyle Porter should go because he's not going to see the field again. I mean, they're recruiting past all those mm-hmm. guys at running back now. I mean, Keontae Ingram is the only one that's going to survive. You know what I mean? In my opinion. Can, can, I, play, can I play devil's advocate here? You want to go Daniel Young, don't you? You love Daniel Young. No, no, no. I'm not, I wasn't going to bring up Danny <laughs> Over if you want to talk to Danny Young. No. But with Kyle Porter, I mean, do you at least feel good? Because he's got that option that we thought Shane Bouchelle had where Kyle Porter could technically stay at Texas another and year, year. and true. then, you know, transfer with a year of That's eligibility left. Yeah. Um, if you're Kyle Porter, knowing that, you know, they didn't recruit a running back in this recruiting class, and it doesn't sound like they're going to, yeah. it sounds like their option of running for running back depth is to maybe give Jordan Whittington a look there this spring That's and see what he can idea. do. <laughs> so if nothing else, Rod, for depth purposes, I mean, okay, I feel, is I it the worst thing in the world if Kyle Porter comes no, back? No, I know no, I, no. And I, I don't want right. to demean, I don't want to, you know, demean uh, a kid who's going to get his degree no, and, no, and, and no. it's going to be Make a letterman a and a T-ring winner on a 40 acres. But um, I know how Texas fans feel about Kyle Porter. But like I said, from the depth standpoint, they're, they're, they've been in worse shape at running back. That's a good point. No, no, no. And when you break it down that way and bring up the depth, the fact they really don't even have a, a backup running back right now, this is true. Yeah, they really that. don't. I they mean, really don't. Have, well, they, ha- they don't. There's a comp- there could be well, a competition and, for it. And he probably, who knows, he could win it. I mean, I don't know. So there's still a chance is what you're saying. Because Danny Young basically became like a goal line fullback. Yeah. Yep, and He's a situational we, guy for them. Yeah. yeah, and I think what we saw and with Sam Ellinger is your quarterback in the run game. Sorry, Matt, but you don't really need a goal line red zone runner. No, because <laughs> well, I mean, your quarterback, you your quarterback does it. that yeah, better than anybody in the country. In a, put in an extra line. And <laughs> where the transfer markets are and grad transfer abilities of players, and the you know running back is yeah. one position where you, you really uh, can almost interchange people. And also, like if you have a good college guy that maybe isn't going to have a good shot at the league, but can transfer to Texas for That's a fifth true. year, the way Trey Watson was, it just sort of uh, at the end of the year, manufacture, okay, not waste a spot for top-end talent, which a scholarship does, but a grad transfer to fill a hole, we can always look for that. I no, think that's, right. well, that's a conversation, though, the coaches would have with Kyle Porter and say, look, anybody we'd bring in, and, and look, there might be a chance any any grad transfer you could bring in might not be as good as what you think Kyle Porter brings to the table. Yep. Um, it just might it just, it just yeah, might not be a good for market sure. for grad transfer. Because he's no, sort yeah, of what right. you'd be looking for when you're getting Pretty somebody much. to transfer in, yeah. you know? I don't doubt that. Okay. So, you know, like I said, they're... I'm not saying like Kyle Porter coming back is going to change the makeup of the running back room, but it's it's interesting to think about. But like I said, probably two years ago before Keontae Ingram got in, that is the least talented position on the 40 acres, and it has been for like three years. And I think it probably still is. There. Yeah, well, that's where it's going to kind of go for spring. Like what position group needs to have a big winner in terms of winter conditioning? Yeah. I mean, I, I just, I don't yeah. I don't know what the ceiling is for this running back group. I mean, yeah. I think, I like Keontae Ingram. We all we love Keontae Ingram. But man. But that's all you really love out there at Rome right now. You're, you're really forced right now for the staff to kind of put all your eggs in his basket. You really yeah, don't have and, any other options. And that shouldn't be the case. There should be a plan B. And you're saying if you're if you're if you're uh, Kyle Poy, you're looking at it and going, I might be plan B. Like, yeah, like, if really. I play this thing right and I get on, you know, get in the mm-hmm. right situation, I could be playing B. So yeah, some I mean, weird money ball mix of like Danny Young, Kyle Porter, Jordan Whittington might be your backup running back. I think back. Jordan Whittington's. Ex- I think he's a he's awesome. I mean, I think once if he gets in there and at <laughs> I think he could impress him enough to go. Oh, that guy's our backup. He's a compliment to Keontae Ingram. He could be our version of what Georgia does with two running backs. Like we could do that. <laughs> and like, <laughs> like when he's I, that good. When I saw him just for a tiny couple know, games, that him. he looked exactly like the Maryland fresh. I mean, the Jones kid that was running all the jet sweeps against Sean Texas. Jones. And, yeah. yeah. All right, it's time to wrap this thing up and put it in the oven, and we will do that when we come back and close out another edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. When I have a cold sore, I want something that works. Purpose and L penetrates deep to treat your cold sore, and it's enriched with lysine, vitamins, and lemon balm for soothing relief. But even when I don't have a cold sore, I still want something that protects against a flare-up. Purpose and L protects against certain triggers caused by the sun and cold, including flare-ups from sun damage with its added SPF 30 protection. So it treats and protects. Works for me. And me too. Purpose and L. Works when you have a cold sore. Works when you don't. Use as directed. Beep's coming. You know what to do. Hey, I'm going to just rip this Band-Aid off. We need to break up. You're just, you're not good for me. I'm always sweaty and uncomfortable around you, and I'm not getting any benefits from this relationship. You're just a basic memory foam mattress. I deserve better. And before you ask, yes, there is someone else. I've been seeing the purple mattress online for a while now. Don't blame yourself. How can you compete with a bed that totally supports me, hugs my pressure points, and sleeps so effortlessly cool? Not to mention the 100-night trial and free shipping. 
Now that's a bed with benefits. It'll make me feel better than you ever could. Break up with your old mattress and get with the Purple today. Get a $100 store credit with the purchase of a mattress. Just text NICE to 797979 to get your $100 store credit. The only way to get this exclusive offer is to text NICE to 797979. That's N-I-C-E to 797979. Message and data rates may apply up to five messages a month. TNC and privacy policy found at purple.com. Reply help for help or stop to cancel. Unison presents a bedtime story. A lot of people ask me, Hey Einstein, how do you get all those ideas? My formula is simple. Get a good night's sleep. Because sleep equals dreams. And dreams are where the magic happens. With Unisom Sleep Tabs, you'll get to your dreams faster because you'll fall asleep 33% faster. So good night, sleep tight, and keep your dreams alive with Unisom. Versus placebo in a clinical study. Use as directed. Unisom presents a bedtime story. A lot of people ask me, Hey Einstein, how do you get all those ideas? My formula is simple. Get a good night's sleep. Because sleep equals dreams. And dreams are where the magic happens. With Unisom Sleep Tabs, you'll get to your dreams faster because you'll fall asleep 33% faster. So good night, sleep tight, and keep your dreams alive with Unisom. Versus placebo in a clinical study. Use as directed. And now, a quick comparison from Grasshopper. When picking a phone number for business, what sounds more professional? Your personal number? Uh, hold on, let me give you my cell. And uh, actually, let me get yours too, just so I don't ignore your call, you know? Or a dedicated business number, courtesy of Grasshopper. It was a pleasure meeting you. Our number is 1-833-IT-TROOP. Give us a call anytime. There's no contest. Put your best voice forward with Grasshopper, the virtual phone system for small business. Try it free at grasshopper.com. And now, a quick comparison from Grasshopper. When a client calls, what do you want them to hear? Your personal voicemail? Hey, you've reached Greg's cell phone. Uh, I'm away right now, <laughs> obviously. Uh, leave a message and maybe I'll get back to you. Or something a little more buttoned up, courtesy of Grasshopper. Thanks for calling Green Landscaping. To make an appointment, dial 1. For billing, dial 2. To speak with Greg Smith, dial There's three. no contest. Put your best voice forward with Grasshopper, the virtual phone system for small business. Try it free at grasshopper.com. When I have a cold sore, I want something that works. Purpose and L penetrates deep to treat your cold sore. And it's enriched with lysine, vitamins, and lemon balm for soothing relief. But even when I don't have a cold sore, I still want something that protects against a flare-up. Purpose and L protects against certain triggers caused by the sun and cold, including flare-ups from sun damage with its added SPF 30 protection. So it treats and protects. Works for me. And me too. Purpose and L works when you have a cold sore, works when you don't. Use as directed. Beep's coming. You know what to do. Hey, I'm going to just rip this Band-Aid off. We need to break up. You're just, you're not good for me. I'm always sweaty and uncomfortable around you. And I'm not getting any benefits from this relationship. You're just a basic memory foam mattress. I deserve better. And before you ask, yes, there is someone else. I've been seeing the purple mattress online for a while now. Don't blame yourself. How can you compete with a bed that totally supports me, hugs my pressure points, and sleeps so effortlessly cool? Not to mention the 100-night trial and free shipping. Now that's a bed with benefits. It'll make me feel better than you ever could. Break up with your old mattress and get with the Purple today. Get a $100 store credit with the purchase of a mattress. Just text NICE to 797979 to get your $100 store credit. The only way to get this exclusive offer is to text NICE to 797979. That's N-I-C-E to 797979. Message and data rates may apply up to five messages a month. TNC and privacy policy found at purple.com. Reply help for help or stop to cancel. Welcome back to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Here again is Jeff Howe. All right, Matt, thanks for everything, man. Oh, you're more than welcome. Rod B, appreciate the time and the knowledge. Anytime, brother, anytime. For Matt, for Rod, for Travis, the best damn videographer in the podcast game. For everybody at the Austin Radio Network and the Horn, 1049, 1019, AM 1260, streaming on the Horn app and at hornfm.com, where you can get this show each and every week. And you get Rod on the Rodcast each and every week, different one to three. Famous plug. And thanks to Matt, you can get all of our archives on the Longhorn Blitz SoundCloud page. Yep, just type in Longhorn Blitz. For the Horn family, for the Horns 24-7 family, I am Jeff Howe. Thank you so much for downloading and listening, and we will catch you again on the next episode. You've been listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Remember, for the latest Longhorn news 24-7, visit Horns247.com.